Welcome to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered with Perry Clark. This program looks at mental health from unique perspectives and shows you how to manage your life by finding the knots that help you and stay away from the ones that could be a disadvantage. Now, here is your host, Perry Clark. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. I'm Perry Clark, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I want to remind you all that this podcast is not a substitute for uh, having mental health therapy. This podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes only, and I strongly recommend seeking out a mental health worker in your area to work on your unique issues. So today we have... uh, uh, which I know will be a fun interview of a lovely person that I met. Oh, God. It's like, what is it? Almost, I think maybe six years ago, at least somewhere in there that I, I, I encountered this person because I was uh, in my private practice internship and I was attempting to run a group to prove that I could run a group and work of this uh, business and talking about poetry. And at that point, I was also uh, getting, having a different relationship with poetry. But this person attended that little group that I was running, made the effort to come down from uh, the East Bay, Oakland area, where I was running this in the South Bay in San Jose. And since then, we've struck up a basically a nice little record. We sort of gravitate towards each other in a way and come back together. It's like a nice little swing set. And today, this one of the person I'm talking about is Tahia Baker. So, Tahia is uh, she, her, they, them, is a Black queer woman who believes in the healing power of the arts, the breath, and just being. Tahia has a background in visual arts, teaching, mindfulness, meditation, and yoga to heal trauma and strengthen personal power. Professionally, she is a psychotherapist and an intuitive coach. Tahia also loves, sorry, Tahia also live streams IRL broadcasts in nature, where she shares mindfulness techniques and life hacks for her audience. Tahia focuses, sorry, Tahia focus is to support black and brown folks with reconnecting to their ability to heal, breathe, live, thrive, and with a mixture of humor and compassion. So welcome to Untying Knots, Tahia. Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm going to correct you real quick. Oh, My sorry. name is spelled really odd, but the H is silent. It's just Tia. Yeah, I, my apologies. No worries. Everyone, you know, they hear me say my name and they're like, oh, okay, I got it. Then they see it written and they're like, oh no. <laughs> That's... It's just Tia. <laughs> yeah, so Tia, sorry. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Uh, so welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. And how did you get here? <laughs> we all get here. (laughs) Um, So yeah, thank you for that lovely introduction. Um, How did I get here? How did I get to where I am? Well, my journey to becoming a therapist um, started when I had to seek out therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, Years ago, you know, I was an undergrad and I was just trying to make it work. You know, we're, we're, we're young, we're scrappy. I'm working my way through undergrad. I'm taking classes I'm away from home in a totally different region, just, you know, around nobody I know. So we're just doing, I was just doing just typical life 
living, mm-hmm. but not well, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I didn't know how to deal with isolation. I didn't know how to deal with stress. I didn't know how to deal with all the things that life was throwing at me. I mean, it was just regular life stuff, but I just, I didn't know how to deal. And I got um, really depressed, really, really mm-hmm. depressed. And some substance abuse stuff was happening. Like just, I was just grasping at all the things that I thought I knew would help. And I Mm -hmm. ended up having to seek therapy. So um, my therapist was this gorgeous black woman. (laughs) Oh, so definitely add on to the fact that you were able to get a therapist of color. I, I was, I, I did, like, I went to the school in the South, I went to HBCU, so I was blessed, I went to campus, um, mm-hmm. to see a campus therapist, and she's this gorgeous Black woman, and I was like, oh my God, this is great, and, um, and she helped me out a lot, and, you know, over a span of years, um, you know, fast forward to now, I was like, oh my gosh, what would happen if more people like me had someone to talk to? that looked like them, you know, that looked like me, that was a representation, that was a reflection. Mm -hmm. And so um, even though I took a different path with my career initially, in the background, I was like, I think I want to do this. I think I want to do this. I think I want to be a therapist. I think I want to help other people out. So eventually I circled back around, um, got my degree in clinical mental health counseling. And yeah, here I am <laughs> helping Here others. <laughs> Here you are helping others and live streaming. So I'm kind of curious, what is the ultimate goal with, with live streaming and being a therapist? Right. Wow. So um, briefly, um, when we say live streaming, I basically um, take a camera, um, really just my cell phone, and I go out into nature and mm-hmm. I hit live and people um, can watch me, people can hear me, people can chat with me um, mm-hmm. in the chat. And I just take them out and about to um, different nature settings, just hiking, sometimes along the streets, um, sometimes at the beach. And we just walk and talk, you know, whatever comes up. They sometimes, I mean, they oftentimes ask me questions or they guide my path. So I'm like, hey guys, which way should I go? Um, And they usually direct me to go up the steepest hill. Um, I'm not in shape. (laughs) I don't pretend to be in shape. So (laughs) the chat likes to see me suffer, but, um, (laughs) but it's really good. You know, I have a lot of fun and I try to embed like little life hacks, things that I wish that people had told me to -hmm. help me get through just my daily struggles. So, um, things around communication, how to communicate the way that we want to, things around setting up boundaries and mm-hmm. um, just how to be a better person, you know, mm-hmm. for ourselves. What does self-love look like in actuality, like in practice? Um, so my goal, my ultimate goal with the two is to be able to be on a wider platform. Um, right now I'm on Twitch TV mm-hmm. doing my live streams and I do have a YouTube channel that I don't really use, but I'm trying to. Um, But ultimately, um, what I want to do is be on a wider platform, reach more people and be that person. So I identify as Black. I identify as gender nonconforming and a woman. I identify as queer. I want to be that person, that representation um, in front of many people 
again, sharing these life hacks, sharing these little coping skills, um, and also bringing people out into nature so that they can see all the beautiful things that I see. I'm in California. Mm -hmm. It's lovely out here. You know, I, I drive like 15, 20 minutes, not even to get to the beach, or I could drive another 15, 20 minutes and I can be up in the redwoods. We can go up to the mountains. We got this. We have everything. And a lot of people just don't have the opportunity to see that or to be out in it. Mm. So I'm like, let me use this digital platform. Let me bring people into nature if Wi-Fi allows. Because mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. my enemy is Wi-Fi. Um, and let people like visually see something that fills them in a positive way to hear things. You know, me talking about whatever it is that I'm talking about <laughs> and being silly to help feed them, like have them take in more things that are filling versus things that like drain them and you know scare them and mm -hmm. you know how the online world can be so i'm just trying yeah. to be a, a positive voice and a positive vibe in the online world very much so yeah i know one of those hesitants i've had with doing all of this and just what did i sell my soul to the devil as far as you say i don't think i have or at least i've got a good lawyer <laughs> <laughs> so you talk about life hacks so what are some of the life hacks you've been sharing because i know you talk about communications and breathing and so forth but mm, go a little further into that yeah sure so um i know that for me and most of the things that i share um when i stream are all just for my personal experience mm -hmm. um so i know that for me being out in public and being around a lot of people is really anxiety producing mm -hmm. um i don't like it like I like people sometimes, <laughs> I, but I definitely don't like being in crowds and I don't like going out and we're, you know, we're in a pandemic. And so that just heightens the anxiety levels around just being outside and amongst people. Mm -hmm. So um, some of the life hacks that I share is just like how to, how to regulate, you know, we call it self-regulation, how to bring myself back down into my body instead of being like mm -hmm. out here and just being in fear. Um, feeling anxious all the time. So like, I will literally just breathe on stream. You know, I'm like, hey, you know, <clears throat> one of the things that helps me is just deep breathing. And I will literally, you know, if you can hear it, like I deep breathe, you know, and mm -hmm. I breathe, you know, on, on screen with everybody. Um, sometimes counting back from 10. And I will just pause wherever I am, you know, making sure that it's safe and allowing them to see me make sure that it's safe um, and just count back from 10 to help bring myself, you know, back into my body. When I'm out there streaming, if I'm streaming on the streets, you know, there's a lot of stimulation and I actually name it. Like I mm -hmm. name everything that comes up for me. Like, oh my God, like they know that I'm afraid of dogs. There are a lot of dogs in California. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they get to see me like, you know, they see my body like tense up and they see me shift and move. And they actually witness when I go from calm to I go to escalated and how I bring myself back down to calm. So it's not just me saying, oh, you need to deep breathe. Oh, you need to count back. It's like here and watch me do it. Mm -hmm. Watch me go from this to escalating up to coming back down. So um, and you're doing modeling behavior. Yes, yes, I am modeling behavior. Um, mm. And I also share, you know, topic du jour, whatever's happening for me that week. So um, boundaries comes up a lot. And like, mm -hmm. how do we say no to people? How do we know when people are crossing our boundaries? What is 
establishing boundaries even look like? And so sometimes I'll just share, you know, stories of things that have happened and how I set my boundaries and then what happened after I set them. Because, you know, mm-hmm. when you set a boundary and then someone runs up against it, that's when the <laughs> fireworks happen. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, what do you do when someone is responding negatively to your boundaries? And so we just talk through it. I tell them like, hey, this is what I did, you know, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I did. Yeah. Which always makes me think about that classic saying, it's a line in the sand. And it's like, that is probably the worst you saying to use for boundaries possible. <laughs> right. <laughs> because for the simplest fact of the matter is you can, sm- you draw a line in the sand and you can smooth it out. It yeah. can be constantly moving. Yes. Yeah. Truly have that line. You want to basically say it's a line in stone. Yeah because it takes a lot of effort to remove the presence of that line. Yes, yes. Which is, because uh, uh, I also keep a, on a constant eye around the issue of dealing with such things as narcissism mm-hmm. and borderline uh, issues, and just how often the idea of the sand is much more convenient for them. And I, when I say that, I'm not saying individuals specifically i'm Mm -hmm. saying all the places all the various realms where we're having issues with narcissism Mm -hmm. whether it's from uh in our personal lives which is the boundaries you talk about people hitting to the larger scales of things that are happening in our country the racism the sexism what's happened with ukraine all of that absolutely and 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 the the cool part about what I do with the live streaming as far as therapy is concerned is that we can conceptualize these things as therapists we can see like oh we notice these personality traits we notice um, these behaviors and we can list them out in our heads and we kind of know how to deal with them and move with them Um, when I'm in spaces for live streaming um, I bring down that jargon Mm -hmm. into ways that that people can easily understand um where they don't have to be, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, watch my live stream, don't do therapy. No, I'm saying mm-hmm. therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also mm-hmm. translating those terms into ways that um, people can easily pick up, understand, and then know how to address when they see it. So when someone is crossing their boundaries, we we as therapists understand and conceptualize it as, you know, borderline personalities, you know, personality disorders and narcissism, like off the bat, when I'm in these online spaces, I'm like, Mm, that feels like a personality disorder that, you know, in my back mm-hmm. of my head, I'm like pointing it all out, but then mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, how do I articulate this in a way that everyone can understand mm-hmm. and then help them with the tools to help, um, to help deal with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I can speak to the larger issues. Um, I may not necessarily say, and you see it in this and you see it in that, you know, but I can speak to them and give them tools and give them hacks onto how to deal with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because and and as for those who listened to uh, episode two with uh, Dr. Natalie Jones and who also listened to her podcast and some of the others, we want to also remind people that dealing with things such as narcissism, borderline, any of the personality disorders, it's not necessarily always meant to be malicious. There are those who do. Those people are in a lot of pain. The issue being is their pain gets expressed outwardly. Yes. 
Yes, yes. And it takes them also acknowledging and recognizing that pain to then seek change. Yes. Until there is a point or a, shall we say, rock bottom that causes them to acknowledge, finally truly acknowledge what they're feeling, they're not interested in change. They'll just move on. The land in the sand just gets moved. So when you're encountering that, it's not encountering it with the hope that it's change, that they'll change. It's that they have to be put into a situation where change is the only way they can, they can succeed. Yes. They can only go and live and live. Otherwise, they're just going to stay in that essentially corner and lash out at anything and everything that comes towards them. Yes, yes. And then what do you do if you're on the end? You're on the other end of that and you're mm -hmm. getting lashed out at and mm -hmm. you know depending on your relationship with that person like you are like you said you're hoping that they'll change and yeah i just share share tools and also give permission to understand you know it's okay if you really love someone and they aren't good for you and you mm -hmm. need to let that person go and it's not mm -hmm. a reflection of any deficiency in you you know, it's, 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 you know, that adult being that adult and understanding that, I mean, you, you know, I know, Perry, you know, this, but yeah, know. understanding that, you know, we can't, we can't change the behaviors of others. Like we mm -hmm. just, we, we can't. So how do we take care of ourselves and allow that person to, to be on their journey, right? Because mm -hmm. we're all on our journeys and we definitely don't want someone telling us what to do in our journey. We mm -hmm. can't do, we can't tell other people what to do with their journey. We can even mm -hmm. support them support them from a distance or, <laughs> or <laughs> cut it off completely. <laughs> yeah. Which is the, which is a very strong narrative. I think we definitely struggle as people of color, considering how much community, how much families often push or uh, put forth as being um, a very central tenet for us. Yes. Which isn't bad, but doesn't mean that that also discernment isn't also necessary there in that setting as well yes. it doesn't get excused yes yes Oof. <laughs> <laughs> talk about it perry talk about it <laughs> uh it's a part of the many conversations we have not just in therapy but we're having around the world is some of our paradigms need to shift Absolutely. Absolutely. And we are the ones to shift the paradigm. Mm -hmm. we, we are the one, no one's going to shift it for us. Mm -hmm. We have to be the ones that stand forward and say, I don't like this anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to be part of this anymore. No, you don't get to ask me, when am I going to have children every time I, I, I'm around you all? You all don't, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, that's one of the things, when are you going to get married? Then your business, like we don't have to <laughs> lovingly, then you, like we, we get to be the ones that stop the cycles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because many times marriage is not always what it is cracked up to be. <laughs> Well, because I, I mean, this is one of the things when sometimes I have to say with when I'm doing couples counseling is there's a lot more reasons people get married than just love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how much has then what that was agreed on at that time, mm -hmm. no longer where you are 5, 10, 20 years down the line. Right, right. Things change, the world change, you change. Or 
And if you're not willing to change, what does it mean and how much energy are you spending and effort sitting in that corner, lashing out at everybody to refuse to change? Mm -hmm. Ooh, Perry, they're not ready. <laughs> they're not <laughs> ready. Trust that there's some people out there ready and getting this message. Mm -hmm. There are those who aren't. And we have to be comfortable with letting them be. Yeah. Even though we want to see them thrive, succeed, and love. So from that, let's get back into some of our other questions and so forth, because uh, I know as we've been talking about all of this, uh, and you mentioned going out the live streaming, the experience you've had with uh, dealing with like the response of animals, I'm kind of wonder, interested in how you find a balance between the online world and your in-person world. Yeah, um, it has definitely been a, everything's a journey. It has definitely been a journey to find that balance. Um, again, when uh, the pandemic first started, you know, we were all isolated and a lot of my interactions in the real world, I mean, in person, um, of course, shut down like everyone else's. And a lot of my uh, connections and interactions moved online I was mm -hmm. I was already on there but not as much and then the pandemic happened in like 85 to 90 percent of my interactions turned to um the online environment and I did find myself you know it, it, year after year being in this pandemic I did find myself being more online than I was actually in person and mm -hmm. I I got to a place where I was, I was getting drained by it. Like it just mm -hmm. felt like a little too much, like the, the scales were unbalanced. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to step back and think about, well, what is it that I'm trying to achieve with being online um, all the time or most of the time? And it is connection, it mm -hmm. is connection. And so I had to, I had to step into my own self-love. Mm -hmm. I had to step into what felt nurturing for myself and figure out piece by piece um, what felt right. Mm -hmm. So now um, I had to venture out and start to connect with people and just say, hey, who feels safe, safe with doing outdoor meetups? Mm -hmm. You know, um, I wasn't necessarily still friends with a lot of the people that I was friends with before because, you know, you sit in pandemic and you start to realize who's really there, who you really like and who you don't. And mm -hmm. it was rough. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of people that I was like, I don't think I like this person. <laughs> you got that chance to sit and reflect on their, on that relationship. Oh my gosh. There were so many people. I was like, I don't think I like this person. Um, and so um, I had to, I had to, I had to mourn the loss of a lot of people um, that no longer, you know, felt, it didn't feel good to be around. Mm -hmm. um, I got to cherry pick the people that I want to be out and about with. And then I just set an intention. I was like, okay, I'm going to spend time with so-and-so outside and we're going to do these things mm -hmm. um, as far as online goes. And when I say online, like online is it's so vast, right? And there's all these different facets of what online actually looks like or actually means. Um, but for myself, there are nights where I'm not online. I don't get on the computer. Mm -hmm. I don't, um, I don't interact with my, my online friends, um, just because I just need to be away from the computer. I need to be mm -hmm. away from the computer screen. I need to be away from that world. Like I'll just block out time 
from when I'm away. Like this evening, it's just going to be me. I'm going to cook dinner. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to light some candles, play some, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, weekends, usually Friday nights. I don't know how this happened. You know, I'm going out to see somebody in person um, and we're doing whatever. I'm just being very intentional about how much time I spend online, how much time I spend offline and who Mm -hmm. I'm spending my time with. Um, Do I miss being online when I'm offline? Yeah. (laughs) Do I think about it? Yes. Um, But I also know that I feel better when Mm -hmm. I set up those blocks of time when I'm not online and just integrated, you know, week by week. And it does change. But being that intentional about like, hey, I need this time back to myself mm-hmm. um, is super important. So I think that uh, it leads into another area, which is the reality of we had the online space before the pandemic. We've got the online space now. We've got the online space that's going to come after the pandemic, which means we're dealing with the, uh, the issue of how we deal with the stigma that existed before currently. And then after around being gaming, gamers online, having that healthy versus unhealthy view about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like with many things, you know, there's always the stigma around it. Stigma around therapy is stigma around gaming. Here I am mm-hmm. traversing both these worlds, these stigma laden worlds, you know, for various reasons. And mm-hmm. so, um with anything that you do in excess, there's going to be, it can be harmful. Anything that you do a lot of um, Mm -hmm. can be potentially be harmful. And so um, with gaming, I think some of the stigmas are um, people Mm -hmm. who are lazy, people who are socially inept, um, people spend hours and hours playing games, which means, I don't know, something negative. I don't know. weirdos all the things that they 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 call us um and you know to combat that i would say you know understand your relationship to the things that you are doing so if gaming is your thing why is it that you enjoy it so much do you really enjoy it what parts of it do you enjoy why do you enjoy gaming mm-hmm. um i enjoy gaming because i like to explore. I love sci-fi. And sometimes I just want to, I just really enjoy, I just really enjoy certain games that let, there's, that, there's, there's that moment where you want to blow something up, doesn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> like, let, me, you. let me just shift my words a little bit, but there are times when I want to step outside of what my norm is and be mm-hmm. somebody else. Mm-hmm, I want to mm-hmm. be somebody else. I want to be Billy Badass. I want to, you know, just take over stuff and just live out all these, you know, little fantasies that I have. And it's mm-hmm. for me, it's relatively safe to do it uh, through gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me not game away in a way that it takes away from my life. So am mm-hmm. I isolating more? Am I gaming too much? Am I having difficulty with connecting to people outside of the gaming world? Like these are the things that we got to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Like, what is your relationship to the thing that you are doing? And are you doing that thing to avoid dealing with your problems, your issues, 
um, things that you are afraid of. Like understand your relationship. You can have the gaming, but make sure that you are addressing all the other things in your life too. And I mean, you can switch out gaming for shopping. You can switch out gaming for eating. You can switch out gaming for working out in the gym. What? Yes, because I know some folks out there who work out in the gym in excess. And mm-hmm. it's, it's the same, like the same um, neurotransmitters and all that other stuff. It's, it's, it's you know, where we're hitting these, these pleasure cores with the things that we do. And it's just like, all right, but moderation, moderation. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, because exercise is one of those things also helpful in modulating emotions and health, mental health. So we're not knocking that. Right. It's just know when it's becoming too much. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, unless you're, again, being a professional bodybuilder who needs to be at the gym three day, three times a day, if you are spending two hours at the gym twice a day and you're not, that's not your life goal, we need to talk. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, I forgot to... I've, not me, not me being on Twitch and not even mentioning the professional gamers. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, unless it is something that, you know, you are professional at, you know, that you have to accumulate so many hours to maintain your level of professionalism or your level of expertise in your field. And if you are a professional gamer, if you are a professional streamer, this is what you do, then yes, you are going to spend a lot of time in the gaming world. Mm -hmm. Um, If that's your aspiration, again, know how much time you can spend, but not so much that you're isolating. You Mm -hmm. know, how much energy are you putting into something and then what are you getting out of it? Um, but yeah, hats off to the professional gamers. We love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't think anything of say someone who is firearm certified spending hours at the range right? or the number of pilots who have to spend certain number of hours practicing and reviewing to maintain their pilot's license. Even for us therapists having to do continuing educations, your doctor right. has got to do continuing education to maintain their skills. And there's a difference to that than what someone who's doing it purely to escape. Yes. Yes. Understand like, what is your relationship? Is it escapism? And not saying that escaping from something is bad because you know, this world is a very chaotic place, but it's like, how much time are you spending escaping? Are you avoiding to the point where it's harming you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's a perfect place for us to take a break. So Come back and hear our second half. I'm Perry Clark, licensed marriage and family therapist, here with Tia Baker, associate professional clinical counselor. Thank you. That's one of the abbreviations I haven't spent a lot of time paying attention to uh, here on Untying Knots. So stay tuned, folks. Our lives and the world around us can get messy and frustrating. Untangle and Grow Counseling's focus is to untangle that mess and make sense of it so you have a good foundation to build and grow from. Visit us on the web at untangleandgrowcounseling.com. Perry Clark offers individual psychotherapy, couples and family therapy, and adolescence therapy from a variety of coping materials and resources. Visit untangleandgrowcounseling.com for more information. You are listening to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. If you have a question or comment about our podcast, 
send an email to pclark at untyingknotspodcast.com. That's pclark at untyingknotspodcast.com. And now, back to the program. Hello, all. Welcome back to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. I'm Perry Clark, licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm here with Tia Baker, uh, APSC. APCC. APCC, um, which means uh, Associate Professional Clinical, Clinical Counselor. Counselor. Yep. Um, and we've just been talking during a quick break about the aspects of one of the aspects we share as an identity is not just the fact that we are black people and or and in the brown category we also share the aspect of being queer as well as also geeks and that's uh, a, a, an area that starts slicing up the minority into smaller and smaller chunks and as i have also often spoken about during the podcast i'm also in the category of neurodiverse as well or neurodivergent as uh, depending on whether we want to see that as negative or not. So that makes an even smaller slice. And I know um, Elizabeth Sanchez and I talk about that in um, one of my most recent podcasts, I think it was episode 14. So I'm kind of curious, what's your experience been with this and what have you seen since you Twitch stream and such? Yeah, it's, it, it used to be a very lonely place to be. <laughs> to be black, to be queer, to be gender non-conforming, to be, um, to be a blur, to be a geek. I mean, I, you know, was reading comic books, um, deeply into sci-fi. Um, mm -hmm. I don't even begin to talk about my music choices. <laughs> <laughs> not what everyone expects. Not it's everyone. Not yeah, not all of us are interested in hip hop or hard rap. It's just all over the place. Um, so I've always felt just, you know, on the outside of what everyone else was doing. And I really just kept quiet about my interests and my loves and my passions because I didn't I didn't want to be made fun of. I didn't mm -hmm. want people to, you know, wrinkle up their face and be like, well, what is that and why? And, you know, all the things I'm like, yo, I, I love this. I love this. Please like, like mm -hmm. show some care and consideration. Mm -hmm. um, so when I um, really steep myself into um, Twitch, which is a, a gaming platform, um, especially, you know, during the pandemic, I was exposed to black gamers, black gaming communities and people who love uh, gaming, which extended out into people who love comic books, people who love um, anime, you know, Black people who love like all these different things, the things that I love and cherish. Mm. Um, and I am, I became super protective over that community. Um, and we talked a little bit about boundaries before, um, as far as which communities I join into, like I use a lot of discernment with who I'm exposed to and who is in their community. So when I'm watching a streamer um, and streamers, they uh, live stream the games that they're playing, you know, I'm taking a look at their communities, who's in it, who's saying what, what is allowed, what is not allowed. Mm -hmm. And um, thinking about what is allowed, like what kind of speech is allowed? You know, is it an inclusive space? I remember when I first stepped into um, one of the first black gaming communities, um, that I want to be a part of, I, you know, was hyper defensive because I was like, they're going to say something against um, the LGBTQ community. Like, I just knew it because that's what I had experienced. 
mm-hmm. um, before. I was like, I, I was like, someone's gonna say something stupid, so I would just kind of lurk. I was just in the background, you know, just reading, watching, observing. And um, I found out in this particular community that it wasn't that way, that it really was inclusive, that Mm -hmm. people were shifting the way that they spoke to Mm -hmm. have um, a more inclusive um, way of being and inviting people in and actually naming, naming the things like if something comes up, if someone used, you know, a slur or just some wild, you know, exclusive heteronormative or patriarchal or white supremacist or any kind of just wacky language mm-hmm. like they would call it out it's like yo we don't talk like that here mm-hmm. this is not what we're about this, this is not what we do you know we're for we're for we're for everyone and we want everyone well not everyone but <laughs> we're for these groups of people um yeah. we want people to feel comfortable and i love the way that these streamers um, are able to speak to that. And that really determines whether or not I'm going to join that community. Like how, what languages are, what language are you using? How inclusive are you? You know, do people, do I feel welcome? Can I put my guard down? And I actually, I was surprised. Again, I'm used to people um, saying some really wild things about queer people, LGBTQ people, um, gender non-conforming people, um, neurodivergent people. Like I'm used to people just saying some really wild things. And I was pleasantly surprised by how, you know, even the streamers, if they had not been exposed to that before, learned how to shift what they said and did it like live, like they're growing, Mm -hmm. we're all growing, you know, in front of others. And it's just like, you know what? I said this thing and that wasn't cool. I'm sorry, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like they're open to feedback. They're open to shifting and nurturing these Mm -hmm. really super awesome communities, which then leads to other people doing the same thing. But it's, 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 it has been in the past, a lonely world out there to be, to be blurred, you know, to be queer Mm -hmm. and, and to be at all these different intersections. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very much so. So another question I've asked others in this aspect is, but what is, does it seem about being those things that seem so antithetical to the idea of being Black? Ooh, yeah, okay. We go in there? We go in there. <laughs> Got the opportunity because and this is one of those things that also gets into like we're talking about with the narcissism and so forth this sense of making other and our isolation has made us feel the other in many places yeah yeah and just the fact that this is an identity and part of what does it mean to be black in its right. infinite spectrum but why has it been resisted right so being black in america you know, we're going to have to time travel and we're going to have to take it back and we're going to have to talk about survival skills. So being Black in America means because of colonization, because of slavery, because of all the things that have happened to us in this country, we are definitely on survival mode. Everything that we do, everything that our parents did, our grandparents did, our great-grandparents did was all set up so that we survive. And colonization means that we must assimilate into the majority race, the race that holds, or ethnicity, whatever, that holds the power. So that means that we within the Black community, and I won't say all of us, I'm definitely not speaking in totals. We're not a monolith. We are not a monolith. But um, a lot of us see 
being Black American, being successful, being this, being that within our communities looks a certain way. So if you are from a certain um, socioeconomic status, right? Within that is a community. And in that community, you all come together and do these things to help protect yourselves, right? If you are middle-class black, you all come together to do these things to help protect yourselves and to protect your standing. We all, they all, we all do this. If you dip outside of what that community says is what we do, mm. that's when you become othered. That's when you become othered. So, and I'm not saying that this is for everyone, for myself, being, you know, of working class, poor, or whatever you want to call it, um, SES, social economic standing, um, you know, from the hood. There are things that, you know, you just, we just, you just don't do. <laughs> you just mm -hmm. don't do. Um, and I wasn't doing the things that everyone else was doing. And that definitely put me outside. Um, that definitely othered me. And sometimes it was, it was, it was dangerous. You know, it was physically dangerous for me. There were things that happened to me because I looked different and I actually had to, you know, move closer to, you know, what my, community looked like and how they talked and how they walked and I kind of had to emulate all of that just so they would leave me alone so that I would blend in um but your question is why do we do this to each other <laughs> or we we being being different is what you know colonization does colonization says being different being other is bad diversity is bad it's a threat that is what it's taught us so that when we are different when we are othered it it's frowned upon it even seems like it's a danger you know when really it's not we love differences around here we love variety variety is the spice of life um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I answered that question. My mind went into like five different spaces <laughs> all at once. <laughs> beauty of diversity, but the beauty of the task is just that it isn't a singular answer. Yeah. Yeah. A singular, yeah. And because uh, one of those other thoughts is along the same lines is what does it now mean for those of us that, because there are more of us now, yes. more of us are clearly stepping forward like we like with this podcast like with the uh success of black panther with the success of the book why wakanda matters or the other book black nerd problems who i need to call, find a way to talk to those guys um are becoming and making ourselves much more known known and be, as being a norm and part of the spectrum of what it means to be people of color in this world mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even with what we've been seeing, because um, I've noticed there's been definitely more representation in video games. And even this is what we've seen on, say, um, Star Trek. We've mm. been seeing much more representation of the future, having a lot more of us in our varieties than just a certain perspective, color, color palette. Imagine Black people existing in the future. Mm -hmm. what afrofuturism yeah mm -hmm. we're there 
Mm -hmm. We exist. We are magnificent in all of our varieties. And we are going to continue to produce content to reflect our existence in the future, mm -hmm. ushering the future in, being progressive. Like we child, I don't know. I don't think they let us in the door. I think we broke the door down. We broke down the wall. We broke down everything and we are in it. <laughs> and I love it. I love to see it. I love to see mm -hmm. it. Well, it also makes me think about um, a quote from um, Maladomo Sum in his book, um, Healing Wisdom of Africa. Uh, there's a section in it where he speaks about the aspect that art is the representation of the health of a culture. Oof health of a village so if it does not have art it is not a healthy place Ooh, child Ooh, child Ooh, and i can say that very much not just with the stuff that is considered mainstream and acceptable but even to what we are as blurs, as bleaks as gamers as well yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I will say this, the creativity that I have seen um, within streaming, live streaming and on Twitch is amazing and phenomenal. I had someone the other day, you know, I was just telling them about the live stream that I was doing and they were like, wait, you can stream more than games on Twitch. And I'm like, you don't know what we're doing on Twitch. We have popped the lid off. We are doing all kinds of creative things on Twitch. Like it's not just for us, black gamers, black streamers, that's mm -hmm. who I'm referencing. Um, yeah, we don't just stream games. I mean, we stream games and, and we are so creative and even in doing that and even in our commentary as we're playing the games, you know, we add a little spice to everything. Mm -hmm. But the other things that we are doing, the creativity just knows no bounds. Like I'm seeing amazing things happening on Twitch right now um, through our creativity. It's just like, and not just Twitch, like YouTube, like all the places, the TikToks, mm -hmm. all of them, Instagram, mm -hmm. Twitters, like <laughs> the creativity is just Oh, it's just, especially those TikToks. I'm like, I didn't know I could use it for that. Or what? What are y'all doing? This, this is wild. It's great though. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. And I mean, just check out the cosplay, black cosplay section too. It's oh like, my mm -hmm. gosh. The way cosplayers have just, I, just amazing things people are doing with cosplay. Like, and those were actually, those were the TikToks I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> So you probably want to go back and listen to the podcast we did. I did with uh, Hellspawn Cosplay. And there actually is a part two. By the time you people have heard this, part two should be available for everyone to hear. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And I know I want to talk to some other cosplayers as well. Awesome. Yes, they are. They are killing the game right now. They are killing it out there. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, and there also comes that passive, uh, as I look at it, it's like, I only have enough time to do so many things. I don't need some new projects. <laughs> I wanted to dip my toe in the, I mean, I've always, you know, did some light cosplaying back when we could go out into um, conventions and stuff. But I'm just like, yo, the way that that people are just being so creative, I'm like, you know what, let me just let this, let me just let them do it and I will just be a fan and I'm okay with being a fan. Let me just mm -hmm. wear my little t-shirt and that's all. <laughs> yep. And if I can, here's some cash. Right, right, right. And definitely, definitely <laughs> giving to them so that mm -hmm. they can keep, you know, emulating mm -hmm. 
my wildest fantasies because it's just mm-hmm. amazing and then take mm-hmm. pictures with them exactly <laughs> exactly so i think we're at, also at that point in time where it's now the question of myths and realities around mental health therapy what would you say as a myth that you've heard and let's bust it down omg so <laughs> so now with um everyone you know kind of getting on board with the with the worldwide trauma that we've all experienced with the pandemic mm-hmm. and um you know kind of like cracked open people's desire to openly seek out um, mental health therapy mm-hmm. one of the things that um, i keep hearing and seeing and witnessing around me is people saying oh go see a therapist as a band-aid or a quick fix mm-hmm. to an emotional problem let me tell y'all something mental health therapy is not a quick fix. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is not a quick fix. So let me let me uh, use a, a metaphor uh, for this for this description of um, mental health therapies. I mean, like, yes, it is great. I have greatly benefited from it. Um, I believe my clients are <laughs> benefiting from my services, but it's a long term thing. So, for example, if you injure a part of your body, you know, let's just say, you know, you may break a bone, you may strain a muscle, you get into, you know, some kind of bodily trauma happens to you, happens to your body. You go to the doctor, this, you know, something ain't right. Your doctor does an assessment, takes a look at what's going on with the injury, with the trauma to your body, and then, you know, may prescribe you something, may tape you up, give you a cast, and then they send you to physical therapy. Anyone who's had physical therapy ever for anything knows that these things take time. You know, you're in the physical therapist's office and you may be in there for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, like just depending on the severity of your injury. It takes time to heal that physical trauma. Mm -hmm. And you know, anyone who's ever injured themselves knows that, yeah, it takes a long time and you may not ever be the same and you may not be able to use that body part the same way you may have to learn a new way of using that body part it is the same with emotional trauma if you have experienced emotional trauma you're not going to have a quick fix you're not going to be able to take a pill you i mean they want you to believe you could take a pill but um it's not going to be a quick fix it takes time mm-hmm. mental health therapy takes time you're not going to feel different in a month or two months it's going to take a while and just like physical therapy you're going to feel worse before you feel better so although i agree with if you are dealing with um an emotional trauma or you're just wanting to find a different you're not happy and you're wanting to find a different way of living and existing and you're wanting to find good coping skills or coping skills that are a little bit more Um, aligned with how you want to feel absolutely please seek out a therapist if you're looking for a quick fix to your problems it ain't going to be through mental health therapy like it just it takes time and so like every time I hear somebody or I see somebody like you didn't go see a therapist I'm like that's part of a bigger bigger network of things that need to occur to mm-hmm. help a person. And mm-hmm. for those of you who are seeking therapy, also understand it is just one one piece 
of many pieces that are going to help you to feel better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't stand it. Oh, that just, it just oh, I clench my oh, teeth. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I know what you. I know exactly what you're saying because I know there's a certain ad that I see comes up on uh, when I'm watching YouTube that is like, oh, you hear the advertisement of you see this lovely moment, but it's like, do you know how much probably work had to happen before that moment? Right. And how much got to work after that moment? Because it's not just that person who needs to cha- have things change. It is also the person they're meeting who's got to also do some changing too. Yes, yes, it is all of the things, which is Mm -hmm. why, you know, having a good understanding of how these things work Mm -hmm. and what actually caring for yourself looks like um, is key, is Mm -hmm. key. And again, I am, of course, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a therapist. I advocate people going to therapy and also not expecting your therapist to fix all your problems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's not, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. because uh, I was actually talking to a client this morning and they're in their getting to their late 20s, coming up on their 30s. And they've just come to realize how, in you know, the work, we realized how much they've been responding from a place of uh, survival. To, I, and by and been doing so, their survival mechanism was to isolate themselves. And like I said, they're in their late 20s. So let's just, um, removing the toddler years and so forth, we're looking at something like 22 years of living with that survival mechanism to isolate. Yes. How many, it's going to take at least half, if not that same amount of time for them to learn to operate without that mechanism. Absolutely, absolutely. I love that point. Yes, like think about, how long you have been living with whatever it is that you've been doing mm-hmm. and, and how, how many, not to say that everyone experiences lots of traumas, but I mean, if you're alive in the world, you've experienced at least three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you, if you're blurred, you're queer. So mm-hmm. like, let's just say you experience a trauma, you know, in elementary school where all the kids, you know, poked at you and laughed at you and you never got a chance to process that out. And that was when you were six or seven. And now you're in your 20s. Mm-hmm. How many more traumas have you not dealt with in that time period? Like mm-hmm. it's going to take time to unravel. And you may not even, within the first couple of years of therapy, you may not even get to that even initial trauma of when everybody made fun of you, you know, mm-hmm. in the playground because you were wearing high waters. Like, okay, yeah, that's mine. That's my trauma. Uh, but, <laughs> but like, you may not even get to that. You know, you, you just, you, yeah, it, it takes time. It takes mm-hmm. time. I don't mm-hmm. wear high waters anymore, by the way. <laughs> okay. I'll go on the record by admitting this when I was a kid. And this is about the time in the eighties when Voltron defender of the universe was coming out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I went to the play and I'm in elementary school. And at this point, everyone's saying, Oh, I want to be the black line. I want to be the red line. I'll be the green line. I often got stuck with a blue line which mm-hmm. was the princess's line. And at that point in time, it's like, okay, yeah, I don't want to be that. Now it's like, oh yes, give me the blue line. I yeah, but I want to rock that shit. She's good. Her. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Oh man. We could sit all day and talk about all the things that happened in, in school and what, what the kids did and, mm-hmm. ooh, and just like the feelings of isolation and, ex- and exclusion, like super early. 
you know, mm-hmm. super early in our development. And then we, you know, become adults and, and sitting with someone, sitting with a therapist for one or two times is not going to help you deal with, you know, feeling excluded and isolated. Like you said, for some 20 odd years, 15 mm-hmm. odd years, mm-hmm. um, that's affected how you've lived your life, what decisions you've made, who you have let in and who you haven't. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I am definitely one of those people whose defense mechanisms was isolate real quick. Like, you know, what? I'm good. I don't need you. I'm good. I don't need you. Isolate real quick. And it just caused a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of problems. Well, I and I think we both can agree that it's good we came out of our isolation so we could so we could connect. Yes, yes, yes. And also finding ways that I mean, the circumstances still haven't changed, like the world is still a scary place. And also finding ways to still be able to show up in the world with um, good coping skills. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the world still makes me anxious. Like, you know, I said before, like, you know, being around people still makes me anxious, you know, for a number of different reasons, not just one, a number of different reasons. And, you know, we have to find ways to still be able to function Mm -hmm. and thrive. Like, can we please stop just surviving? Can we thrive? Mm -hmm. I don't want to just be a survivor anymore. I want to thrive. Yeah. Very much so. And continue to produce the arts that show that we are a vibrant living culture. Yes, 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 yes. And creating spaces so that others can do it as well without all the traumas that we experience. Mm-hmm. Like I would hate for anyone else to have to deal with all the stuff that that I had to. So let me help pave the way so that somebody coming after me doesn't have to deal with the shenanigans. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. their way is a little bit more paved they can make it through, then that way they can create without all the restrictions. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So with that, I have got to thank you for coming on here, Tia. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. You know, I love talking about this stuff. I can talk about it all day. Really appreciate it. (laughs) Despite the curveballs I threw. (laughs) Here for it. Here for it. All righty. So where can folks find you and see some of that live streaming and that they've got other questions as they go forward after hearing this? Yeah, sure. So for live streaming, I go under the name Nova Red Soul. That's N-O-V-A-R-E-D-S-O-L. You can find me on Twitch TV. That's twitch.tv um, at Nova Red Soul, N-O-V-A-R-E-D-S-O-L. Um, on the Twitters, it's the same, Nova Red Soul. Um, if you want to reach out to me and see what I'm doing clinically, you can find me in psychology today under my name, Tia Baker, T-I-H-A Baker, B-A-K-E-R. Alrighty. So I'll try to have all of that in the show notes and, uh, don't worry. I'm going to, I'm going to be, uh, linking, putting a subscription on my, uh, Twitch feed as well. So I can have <laughs> this as well. Come on through y'all. Come on through. It'll be great. <laughs> So I want to thank everybody once more for being here and that this is Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. I'm Perry Clark, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist here with Tia Baker. Uh, We hope you are enjoying your life, the world, building great art, absorbing this spectrum that is the geek world, and just go out there and be in nature. Yes, be blessed, everyone. Till later. Thank you for tuning in for Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. 
Be sure to join your host, Perry Clark, for another episode on the podcast coming soon on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.